I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Down the middle, scores! First career goal, Austin Wagner. Here's Luff looking for his first, scores! Matt Luff, first NHL goal, and the Kings have the lead. What's Luff got to do with it? And welcome to, I don't even remember what this is called anymore, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Crown Conversations, the Jewels from the Crown, LA Kings fan blog podcast thingy, my Bobby. Uh, it's been too long since we've done this. I apologize. I, I got a little in my own head after the whole lockdown thing, and I know that's the best time to start a podcast or do your podcast, but anyway, joining me today, after that very long-winded introduction, the ever-impressive Sarah A. Howdy. Uh, sorry that went on for like five minutes before I introduced you. Meh. <laughs> I'm here. I've got some warm nachos in my lap. I've got a dog next to me. Take all the time you need. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like you're living the high life in quarantine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) How's Chicago handling it? Better than Los Angeles, I hope. Slightly better, but I think that's (laughs) largely because we don't have, like, the same, like, beach kind of thing. Like, we have the lakefront, but it's not the same as, you know, Los Angeles beaches uh, and they they shut the lakefront down pretty quickly because they realized that people couldn't follow simple directions of like <laughs> please do not like you can use the lakefront for like running and exercising and getting outside but like please don't congregate with your friends and of course people congregated with their friends on the first nice weather day we had so the mayor was like nope we're done here and closed <laughs> the lake um, but yeah I, I feel like we we have the benefit of having crummy weather like it was 40 degrees at the beginning of like last week or something um and then it poured for like four days straight so no one wants to go out in that anyway so (laughs) it it it, there's not a lot of incentive to leave your home if it's disgusting outside yeah in early march it was like it was it was okay to because that was the first week of lockdown and people were like meh it's raining i'll go out when i go out it's fine like not a big deal but now it's may and people are like um excuse me what do you mean i can't go to the beach like what else am i supposed to do 
stay home, I guess. Yeah, it's it's been like 70 some degrees here, like today and yesterday a little bit. And like just the the noticeable difference of like when I go out and take my uh, temporary dog outside for a walk, like the, the amount of people who are now out just kind of like sitting like six feet apart in their yards from their neighbors i'm like okay like (laughs) like please i just i just like i just want to walk this dog and go back inside like why why are there so many of you out like please leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard to social distance when there's so many damn people yeah just just all go home it's fine nothing to see (laughs) here (laughs) how is it with your quote-unquote temporary dog uh, she is delightful. Um, she's going to her forever home probably next week, um, which makes me very sad, but I already kind of snooped on the guy and we have a bunch of mutual friends. So I'm hoping that like, <laughs> maybe I can still be friends with the dog. No, he's married. Oh, sad face. <laughs> I know that would have been a really great like meet cute of like person adopts dog that I'm fostering and love ensues but no he is married um and has a business in chicago actually that like i have followed their business on instagram for like a long time because they do art prints and like hipster stuff that i'm super into so like it it feels like a very good sign that like this dog is going to somewhere that is, is good people um and i i won't miss like getting up like scooping poop off the ground like that's that's I forgot about that part. Like I grew up with dogs. And so I I know about all the super gross things that dogs do, but like, it's been a long time since I've had to like be the person responsible for the dog. Um, Especially as a kid, like, you know, your, your goal with the dog is just to hang out with it. So I forgot about how gross a lot of the stuff was. And so I I won't miss a lot of that, but uh, she's a very good dog. She's very, nice and snuggly and like she appears on all of my zoom calls that i have to do for work like every morning she's just like smushes her face in the picture so um she she's a very good very good good doggo and will hopefully make a new family very happy whenever i reluctantly give her up because (laughs) i am not responsible enough of a human and or i'm just never home to to justify having a dog my cats i can ignore them like whatever (laughs) (laughs) but dogs need a little more attention it always makes me laugh when people are are, uh when cat people are like no i can't have a dog or like i don't want a dog because you know like all the poop stuff like you scoop poop out of a litter box how is picking it up off the sidewalk it's just it's just the like the the volume really (laughs) is and maybe if, if you have a small dog this isn't as prominent but this dog is a lab or a lab mix, I guess, but she's like 90. She looks like a purebred lab, but I guess you never know with, you know, shelter dogs. Um, So she's a large dog. And with that comes, you know, all the things that large dogs create. And so the, 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 the volume really in comparison to what I have to, to deal with from my cats, like that's really the kicker is just, how much and how often <laughs> you have to deal with the things <laughs> absolutely fair i mean <laughs> i think the, like the world's biggest dog his uh waist shall we call it was literally <laughs> the size of the world's smallest dog no that's so <laughs> much that's so unfortunate <laughs> oh. 
Well, the world's smallest dog, I think, weighed, like, maybe a couple of pounds, and the world's largest dog was, like, 200-some-odd pounds. Still, no thank you. No thank you. <laughs> I know. There there are times that I dream about having a Great Dane, because they're essentially... Yes. Yes. They're, they're I mean, horses. <laughs> yes, they're, they're essentially... Um, giant puppies forever and they think they're the world's <laughs> largest lap dog and they're they're just a very yeah. very sweet breed but just the the volume of crap that they produce is just <laughs> I, and, and the, the the literally the amount of physical space that they take up I'm just like <laughs> how do you fit into this world i don't understand how yeah, like your your dog needs a house of its own <laughs> Yeah, I, I was joking today because, I mean, my parents have a pretty decent-sized house. I mean, it's nothing big, but it's not, like, super tiny or whatever. But um, I was joking today. I, I was like, man, we need a, a bigger laundry room just to fit this dog in it. And she's not even that big. She's <laughs> the size of a lab. But she... Yeah, she I, I've, a- I've lost control of my couch. Like, my couch doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs no. to this dog. Yeah. <laughs> Once you have a dog, nothing is yours anymore. It's always there. No, no. The bed is the dog's. I am just allowed to sleep in the corner of it. Like that's been the good part about having a dog as a grown up is that like I get to make the rules because when I was a kid, my parents were very anti-dog on the furniture. Like they just did not like it. Like the dog's dirt, which I get it. We lived in the middle of nowhere and like, you know, the dog is was outside all the time and whatever um but I as an adult who lives by myself who has no one else to like have to care about like I was like yes this dog is sleeping in the bed with me if she wants to like and yes she did (laughs) like I was like no one can say no to me (laughs) uh my dogs don't like sleeping on my bed but more to that I don't really like them sleeping on the bed my my dog Holly, she's the big dog that you always see in my pictures. She kicks in her sleep, so we can't share. Oh that. no! Just <laughs> <laughs> that and twitch, but it, except sometimes her twitch <laughs> full on kick, and I'm like, ow! Why did you kick in my sleep in the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah, but no, that that, that her, would be a. a no, <laughs> but she also makes my bed smell really bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, dog smell. I forgot about that too until I picked her up and they had just like I picked her up from the shelter who had just like, you know, bathed her and like did like all like basic vet stuff of like microchip and all that. Um and I so she was like very soggy because she had just been bathed and all that. And I was like, "Oh, I forgot." Like, <laughs> I forgot what wet dog smells like. And then of course she gets in my car and then she shakes in the car, so then the car smells like wet dog. Oh, no. And then she like then she gets into my house and then she shakes in the house and the house like yeah, I was like, oh, that's right. That's right. That's a very distinctive aroma, let's say. <laughs> I guess you don't have to deal with that with your cats. They they don't seem to be particularly yeah. uh, aquaphilic. No. no. One of them, like, I'm afraid that someday he's going to jump in the shower just because he's always, like, half climbing in because he's <laughs> like, there's something happening in here. And I don't know what it is, but I want to be involved. And so I'm, I'm afraid that someday he's going to jump in. But so far, knock wood, he, he hasn't done it yet, which is <laughs> probably best for both of us. 
but it would be a really cute and really fun story to tell. <laughs> As I have like stitches put into my leg from where the cut the cat like gored me. <laughs> the water is that terrifying. Ah! No! <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, since this is technically a hockey vlog podcast, I guess whatever we we are, uh, let's talk hockey. Um, sure. Well, I want to start with Matt Luff because I was watching <laughs> all the Kingsmen live the other day, and they were talking about uh, Matt Luff. And Carlin Bath said, she said like um, because on his TikTok he recently did like this little photo tribute to himself for his what was it I think his 23rd or 24th birthday or something like that <laughs> and she said she goes from like the time he's two you can just see oh it's the Matt Luff face I was like oh my god you're right <laughs> he like he he's such a delightful weirdo like <laughs> I, I love that he's gotten like he's kind of the only one really who's just gone full bore onto onto tiktok of like really getting into that like i feel like the like the biggest challenge i have sometimes with the like new version of the kings and like all these new players is that like the team hasn't really figured out how to market any of them yet like they haven't really had a chance to show their personalities too much or like you know, I, I I just feel like they the team is still kind of like, eh, like let's let's just wait and see, because of course you also don't know <laughs> who's gonna be on the team like next year, like in a team that's rebuilding, anything can happen. So I get it that like they want to be cautious about like, oh, we're really gonna start pumping like so and so's tires, and then next next week he gets traded, like you know whatever. Um, but I feel like he's just the kind of like weirdo that. I need him to make the team full time next season because I every team needs that one guy who's just kind of kooky and he feels like he fits that that bill of just just a weird kid in like a good way hopefully um you know that that like I just need some some someone to entertain me please like a lot of them like they they all seem like very nice young men kind of bland like kind of I don't know like if you asked me so, like tell me about Sean Walker's personality I don't know that I I have anything for you for but like personality right like I don't know but like Matt Luff I can like you know he has the weird TikTok and like dresses kind of funky and like posts funny pictures like you, know, you get a little more sense of him being just sort of a goofy guy um and you know I, I feel like they need to embrace that and like bring, bring on the weird like if the kids <laughs> are going to continue to be sort of like meh um I, I i need them to entertain me and and that that's my ask is please put matt luff on the team <laughs> solely to entertain me <laughs> i feel like he is a little more open with his goofiness kind of like Tyler Trafoli was always kind of like the the goofy boy next door type thing. Matt Luff is just the weird kid down the street that everybody likes. They they don't know why they like him, but everybody knows him. He he's not mortal enemies with literally anybody. Even the bullies are like, no, oh, that's the weird kid. All right, he's pretty chill. Yeah, and he also has the best dog, Meatball Luff. <laughs> like. That dog is awesome. <laughs> Didn't Meatball win 
the yes, uh, I think I think Meatballs the like first back to back winner, and I feel like all of the winners lately have been traded from the team. So maybe like winning it back to back like is a like a good sign for him that he won't. I just feel like a lot of the like bark madness. There's been a lot of turnover <laughs> in the winners and the the people who have done well. Uh, you know, Emma Pearson is gone. Oh. Um, like, Crystal's still here. Yeah, Crystal's still here. But I feel like all of the other winners from the past couple years <laughs> have been traded. Poor Jeff Carter. None of his dogs like right. ever make it very far. <laughs> right. Always like always the bridesmaid, never the bride, or whatever. Like. <laughs> No, they don't even, like, get into, like, the quarterfinals or whatever. They, they just, like, they, they don't even make it to the top four. They're just like, oh, yeah. Jeff Carter, one of I his... Feel like, I feel like Kings fans had room in their heart for one small dog, and that small dog was Dodger Toffoli. Um, <laughs> maybe now the Dodger's out of the picture, like, <laughs> maybe next year. I don't know. But, don't yeah, know. Like, they just maybe they should just enter Je- they should just enter Jeff Carter himself <laughs> into bark madness and then see what happens. I think um his wife tried that this year with like pictures <laughs> of of Jeff and Bo together and it was very adorable and I was like Bo 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 I think actually Bo made it pretty far and was I think Bo went up against Meatball I want to say I don't remember. I mean, Meatball's just gonna crush everyone. <laughs> well, I voted for Ace. Ace Clegg. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good meatball. one. Well, Meatball's cute, yeah. but, his meat, but Meatball is, well, he is his namesake. He really is just such a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a perfect choice. Like, and I mean, the, the, the thing that, like, I find funny is like the secret dogs that I didn't know about. Like I didn't know Curtis McDermott had a dog because he's not really on social media. So like, I think he has like a private Instagram or something. So us normal people can't see it, but like Curtis McDermott apparently has a really cute dog. Like, why are you hiding? Like my esteem for Curtis McDermott, like went up many points because he has a real cute pupper. Like don't hide these things from me. It's very important that I know who has a dog. Yeah, I think um, his dog got, like, third place or something. Yeah, it was super cute. And, like, he's enormous and the dog is small. Like, that's a really good combination. (laughs) I know a lot of people, especially men, who are like, oh, yeah, I prefer small dogs. And I'm like, that's just so wild to me. I know it's a stereotype. (laughs) I don't care. But it's still wild (laughs) to me that so many men are just like, no, I want a small dog. It's like they like toted around. I don't know. <laughs> well, meanwhile, I'm like, please give me the largest dog you have. Like, <laughs> right? I know. Well, so it's it's funny. So when my family adopted um, our dog Holly, I was like, okay, I knew she's gonna be big. I thought she was gonna be a little bit bigger because everybody kept talking about how huge her paws were. Although I didn't see it personally, I was like, I don't think her paws are that big. <laughs> Um, then when we adopted our dog Whiskey, my dad was like, oh, he's going to be a lot bigger. And he didn't turn out quite that way. He turned him into more of like a sausage. Oh, sausage dog. 
He's not a wiener dog. He's just he's a sausage. He's just, a, just a little. He, he's a little round. <laughs> yeah, a little round. He's got short, stubby legs. I have no idea what his breed is. He's some kind of a collie and possibly a corgi because he's got that long dog body with those stubby legs. <laughs> it's very cute. His breed is dog. Yes, exactly. So I was at the beach today and somebody asked, which was legal, by the way, by the way, because uh, <laughs> it's not in Los Angeles County. Um, <laughs> I was at the beach today and somebody asked me, they go, what was, what's their breed? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, and they were like, it's a shot of tequila and a good time. That's the breed. And I was like, <laughs> there you go. The glass like, of wine right. is it's like <laughs> It's like when someone is like, oh, what, what, like, what kind of cat do you have? I'm like, I don't know, orange. Like, it's, it's just a cat. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. It's orange. That's not very helpful, Sarah. I know, but that, that's all I got. He's orange. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like when, when some people ask, like, oh, what's your background? What, my background in what? Like, what's your ethnicity? Um, Pennsylvanian? <laughs> hey, like, boring white girl. Like, that's, that's <laughs> what, that's all I got for you. Like. Uh, well, uh, boring white girl. I'm going to call you that from now. <laughs> cool. Um, I'll lean into it. Our boring white boys. They're, our hockey yeah. They're all kind of boring. Yeah, I feel like the most exciting thing we've had so far, other than like the the like the Mikey Anderson has been like playing random games with his brother, like that's been kind of fun, getting to see see that. Like, but other than that, I feel like the most exciting thing was like Alex Iafalo's continued like descent into just being a weird like hippie kid <laughs> of like a the like drone delivery to to the Carters and then the whole story about how he basically drove cross country and then just like camped along the way and like slept in Cal Peterson's backyard in Iowa. <laughs> like that's been really interesting. And like, I, I would like, I, I, Alex Iafalo doesn't seem like the kind of guy to like keep a blog, but I would really like him to keep a blog about like anything. Like he's just, just, he seems like an interesting like I feel like most of these guys like you, you don't really know that they even have interests outside of hockey like unless <laughs> like aside from like fishing or whatever because that's what they all do but um and golf I feel and golf like and, and that's about it but I feel like he has like like you know he's super into like the drones stuff and like he surfs and this whole like camping road trip like that's pretty cool like I'd read about that I feel like he'd be one of those guys, um, like, if he, like, he'd be, like, the perfect 30-something white guy who travels the entire world. You have no idea how he works, how he makes money, how he pays yes. for any of these endeavors, yes. but he hikes <laughs> in these great remote locations, and he posts all these incredible photos of his trip, and he's got these amazing videos, and he has the travel blog that you envy, and you're like, how do I get my life to be like that? <laughs> yeah, someday he's going to, like, post a picture on, like, Mount Everest, and we're all going to be like, yeah, that, that tracks. That seems normal. 
Yeah, I've seen all these videos of people of these people who are like, uh, and they're primarily white people, if that tells you anything. But they're like, oh yeah, we're just we're traveling the globe with our dogs and stuff. We have a van and six dogs, and like, how do you, how do you afford this? Like, I hate right? living in their like small, living in their like tiny converted van or whatever. Yeah. Like, how do like, you not have like, a driver's seat? And then it has like a bed or a bench that lays out flat into like a flat bed. And then they have like their 12 dogs and, and they're in like the remotest part of the Grand Canyon and they have these incredible yeah. adventures. And oh, by the way, they also have like high def 4K camera quality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how, how do you, like clearly you're not, working or at least you I mean not right. a nine to five job you're clearly not working a nine to five job I want to know what their job is how I can get it and how I can live my <laughs> life like that right right like l little questions <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be able to travel the world more than one week at a time <laughs> right once we're allowed to do that again I guess <laughs> uh, yeah if we ever are <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the U.S. is, well, I don't really want to get into the politics of it, but <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting to see if and when people are allowed to start traveling again, in general. Right, like, someday. I miss airplanes. <laughs> I would say I miss airplanes, but after 2014, I've become the most paranoid person on airplanes. Every little bump scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah, that's fair. 2014, for those who don't know, was the year that Malaysia Airlines had those two, like, really horrible back-to-back -back incidents. Like, their one plane went, just dropped off the radar and went missing and they never found the wreckage or the black box. And then, like, a month or two later, one of their planes got shot down out of the sky out of Ukraine. So, you know, after that, I'm a little nervous about flying. Yeah, yeah just, just little things, you know. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> I always like, okay, I hope my pilot is in good spirits today. <laughs> It's, I know it's ridiculous, but you are trusting someone to get you there safely. Anyway, <laughs> back to less depressing things. Um, hockey. What do you think the Kings had an out, well, I think they had like an outside shot at making the playoffs, like if, if all the stars lined up. I think it was like a 99 to 1% chance that they weren't going to make it. But that 1%, because they were kind of hot going into the uh, going into the lockdown. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's like going to be the biggest what if of this season for me. Like, I don't, like, they weren't going to make the playoffs. But to have it, to have the season end for them, you know, presumably, like, I know there's 800 different ridiculous scenarios of how the league thinks it's going to play hockey again, whatever. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that like the Kings are going to be doing anything. <laughs> I like if they don't just jump to the playoffs, like I have no idea, but like the, the fact that like the, the season ended right when they finally seemed to figure things out and stuff was starting to click and players who like needed to get hot were like getting hot. And we were starting to see, you know, Cal Peterson come out and Gabe Velarde uh, make a, a, his debut and Martin Furk earned a permanent role on the team essentially. And starting to see all these guys like really come together and go on that seven game winning streak or whatever. And then now there's just nothing. Um, leaves kind of not like a bad taste in my mouth but like it it just makes me wish I could have seen how they could have played out the rest of the season because we all know that like whatever comes after this even if they find some way to play the regular season like it's not going to be the same for anybody like all of the guys are off like you know everyone's going to be kind of out of shape a little bit like I think about how much I hate preseason hockey because it's slow and boring and no one knows where their teammates are and like passing is non-existent like and whatever hockey comes back, like it's basically going to feel like preseason hockey. And like, I don't want that. I, I don't want that at all. Um, but yeah, I feel like that that's the thing that sucks the most is the like, no, the Kings weren't going to make the playoffs unless like everyone else ahead of them lost out basically. I mean, I guess we can take like solace in the fact that I think we, we're finished ahead of the, the Sharks. Like that's pretty cool. Um <laughs> I'll always take beating the sharks at something. Um, but yeah, it just sucks that we're not going to get to see, um, you know, I, I think we were getting kind of a preview of what the Kings were going to look like in the future, like next season. Um, and we're, we're, we're now we have to wait. <laughs> it's the, I mean, with the 800 different scenarios, I think one of them included like, a month of uh, training camp and then a month of preseason games and then you pick up the regular season again. I was like, oh my god, no. That's like the yeah, worst. Yeah, it seems I ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the worst idea ever. Yeah, like, no thank you. Like, and I mean, I, I think that, like, the, the Kings guys who have done media through this, I, I, I think Dowdy was the first one to kind of say it of, like, you know, the things would be different if the Kings were in a playoff spot at the time that the season hit pause, like then they'd probably all be like, yeah, come on, let's get back to it. Let's get back to hockey. But I think, you know, they all knew that there, there was no, there were no playoffs in the future for them. Um, 
And so, you know, for, for teams that were in that playoff hunt or teams that were kind of right on the bubble. So like, you know, it depends on how you slice it. If you look at it, points percentage versus total points versus like some sort of weird algorithm to even everything out. Like, you know, there's teams that could be in or out depending on how they figure out the playoffs. Um, you know, for those teams, there's a lot more questions, but for the Kings, it's probably going to be like, well, have fun, everyone. Like, we're going to continue sitting at home. Yeah. Well, the draft is supposed to be in, what, like, eight, six weeks or something, right? Maybe. I mean, they haven't, they they didn't formally, like, they they officially postponed it, and then they were talking about doing it in June, but the sense that I'm getting is there's been such pushback from teams that they don't want to do that that the the league and Bettman might be like oh actually maybe that is a bad idea like they haven't formalized anything and there was like all those rumors that they were ready to announce a June draft and then there was so much pushback against it that nothing else it's been like radio silence (laughs) so who knows (laughs) who knows when we're gonna have a draft I never understood the pushback from the teams that were like oh well you know this might give somebody an advantage in the playoffs I'm like but Wait, no, huh? How? Because you you expect them to join the team right away while the regular season is potentially going on. I I don't I mean it the it does not compute in my head. But yeah, so in, in a normal quote unquote normal season, the draft would have been end of June, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, after the playoffs were done. Yeah, yeah, because it's normally, like, a couple weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. it's right before free agent frenzy. Free right. agency friend, whatever. <laughs> I think the sun cooked my brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but one of the draft scenarios that they were looking at, for some reason, gave the Detroit Red Wings, like, a 90% chance of winning the first overall pick and the Kings ended up like back in fifth. I was like, oh, yeah, well, that sounds right. Uh, that was essentially, yeah, pretty... I think they were third worst overall in the standings. So they dropped to fifth and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't expect, I don't expect them to like, as, as cool as it would be for them to win the draft lottery, I don't expect that. Like, our luck's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> would you ever want, and this just is a general question, um, would you want your team with a guaranteed lottery pick but may not make the playoffs? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. They're a perpetual bubble team for the rest of the, the guaranteed first overall picks player first overall picks career players career maybe be a perpetual bubble team or would you rather draft like 20th or I guess it'd have to be 15th um 15th or 16th overall no hang on a second (laughs) I'm trying I'm trying to get (laughs) If you if you if your team was guaranteed to make the playoffs, but not necessarily guaranteed to make to win the Stanley Cup, or uh, oh sorry, 
<laughs> if your team <laughs> was guaranteed to- I need a flow chart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> your team is guaranteed to make the playoffs, but you can never have a first round draft pick ever again. Maybe you may not make, may not win the Stanley Cup. Team may, may win it or have the first overall pick guaranteed but for the rest of that player's career may or may not make the playoffs so basically we're talking about the oilers (laughs) (laughs) well i I mean i i would take the option that's basically like lol who knows what's gonna happen I feel like the prospect of having, you know, we'll stick with Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, but like, no, like, you know, you, you have the best player from, from that year, but like you're, you, you might not make the play. Like I, I, I'm the thing I love most about hockey is how random it is (laughs) and how like you get guys who are like, you know, fifth round draft picks who end up being, you know, a phenomenal player or whatever, like, you know, I, I, I love just the weird randomness of it. And so, you know, I, I think it's great. Like, you know, if the Kings get the number one or number two draft pick and they can walk away with um, Lafreniere or Byfield, like that'd be amazing. And I certainly would not complain. Like I wouldn't have complained if they got Connor McDavid, like that'd be great. Um, but it's, I mean, McDavid's a perfect example of how uncertain it is. Like you could have literally one of the like two best players in the league essentially depending on where you fall on the Sidney Crosby uh argument and like you still have a team that's just like a hot mess half of the time um and then you also have to endure all the talk of like are they wasting Connor McDavid's career like I'd rather just have some random schmo who was like second round draft pick that everyone is like oh wow he actually doesn't suck like (laughs) I'll take that I don't, I don't need the pressure of accidentally wasting a first, uh, a number one draft picks career. All right. Fair enough. I mean, and if you're in the playoffs, who knows what will happen right. in the playoffs? I mean, the, yeah, the Kings are a perfect example of that. Like who know? like literally anything can happen, like squeak in and s- surprise Stanley Cup. Yes. <laughs> Go down three games to none be on the brink of elimination get behind in an elimination game and somehow beat the fans off the other team in that game yeah totally normal yeah all things normal (laughs) all right let's play another game um Uh (laughs) um would you take the best player in your in the league would you have him on your team but you had to give up the best player on your team and in conjunction with having the best player in the league on your team, you have to add two more of the worst player on your team. So you have three of the worst player. So again, we're basically talking about the Oilers. <laughs> um. This is not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would take best player, but also you have to take the, the worst players because let's be real. You can, you can shelter the the worst players you can healthy scratch unless this comes with like an extra special rule of like oh p.s you also have to play like milan lucic 30 minutes a night and then i'd be like well balls that sucks um but i i think that you can work around 
especially in hockey where you can have, you know, extra men on the roster. Um, you, you can work around having really bad players and, or you can do the like Joel Quenville of you play them like four minutes a night. Uh, I think you know, Sutter did that too, but Quenville's always my, my go-to example of like, ah, uh, yes, this person had three minutes of ice time. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, I would take Connor McDavid and two crappy players um, that I would just figure out something to do with them. <laughs> Yeah, but you'd have to give up on Jay Kopitar. I mean, I love you, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if someone said, um, look, I'm going to trade you Connor McDavid for uh, Andre Kopitar and Gabriel Velarde straight up, like, would you do it? Oh, now we're getting into like, <laughs> I mean, not the like, you know, I, I would never put like Velarde on the same page as Kopitar or as as McDavid but like a like McDavid plus crap for Kopitar switch like it sucks it would break my heart but like Andre Kopitar is over 30 now like eventually he is not going to be the great player that he is um and so it would hurt to say goodbye and I don't ever want them to do it like please Rob Blake if you're listening don't don't do the thing um but like (laughs) um I I I, yeah, I don't know that I would like to, uh, to, to, to give up. There's so many, I have so many like hypothetical like add-ons to this of like, do we know if Alex Tricot's going to work out as a center? Like, do any of our other center prospects, like, I'm not good at like these, these hypothetical games because I need to know like 400 other details. Um, because if, you know, if we'd have to give up Velarde and Kopitar for McDavid or whoever our hypothetical best player in the league is and we'll say it's McDavid because he is um like if I knew that there were enough other centers in the system to fill that gap like I'd be like well it sucks but okay um I mean realistically I think the answer if we're talking Connor McDavid specifically I think the answer is if there is an opportunity to trade for him you do it (laughs) um (laughs) regardless of what it costs you because he'll he'll be good until he's like 40 unless someone like mushes his brain um but yeah, I, I, I just, I, I need to know, I need to know how the rest of the scenario plays out before, before <laughs> I can answer it. So then you wouldn't be very good at the what if game, huh? Oh God, no, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> I have like f- 47 other questions that I like, you could ask me a what if, and I'm like, well, yeah, but also what if this, like. <laughs> so what if the Kings won the, uh, this year's draft lottery what what would you think i'd think that we were probably cursed somehow <laughs> <laughs> like we got we we got a really nice thing like what's the like well my my, my thing is like what, the other shoe like is when's the other shoe going to fall like we get something really nice that means something awful is going to happen like such is the way of the los angeles kings <laughs> <laughs> that is true But do you think that in 2014, if the Kings hadn't beaten the Sharks, do you think that the Sharks could have actually made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final? (sighs) No, I don't think so. Mm, I'm trying to imagine like that Sharks team against the Blackhawks. 
who I think everyone kind of knew was like the other team to beat coming out of the West. I don't know. I don't like. I think it would have been. I think it would have been close. But I don't. Yes, I mean, yeah, they had Auntie Miami, but I raise you, Michael Hanzu's playing thirty minutes. (laughs) I mean, like they had Auntie Miami, like pro and con. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I like, I feel like, I feel like it would have been the same scenario of like the Sharks get to the Western Conference final against Chicago. And then who knows? Um, I don't know. I just, based on how like easily broken that Sharks team was, (laughs) like something dysfunctional would have happened to them at some point. If it wasn't the Kings, it would have been another team to 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 find whatever it was that broke that team <laughs> and made them lose the, the three to nothing lead. I like I, I feel like history might have repeated itself just in a different way. <laughs> so what you're saying is the sharks are cursed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that sounds about right. I think the sharks are honestly cursed. I did like a, a, a for the the other podcast I do with with Locked On. One of our hosts does uh, a uh, hockey Jeopardy thing, and one of the questions. So I was on the show when he did it, and one of the questions that he asked was, "What team was almost named the like Screaming Squids or something?" Mm-hmm. And it was the Sharks. That was like one of the possible names for the Sharks. And so I invite you to like imagine a world where we are our, our nemesis was the san jose screaming squids or whatever <laughs> the san jose screaming squids i kind of like that actually yeah now i'm kind of hoping that seattle is the screaming squids that, that like you got to use it for something yeah that's a that's an amazing name like, I mean, sharks is cool and all, I and mean, it's, like, kind of bland, but you have the freaking yeah. screaming, screaming squids. Yeah, like, if they're not going to give us the, the Seattle Kraken, like, just give me something weird. That's all I want. <laughs> Bring a little life to this sometimes boring sport. Yeah. Give me weirdness. Let's, let's, let's mix it up a little. Let's get weird, guys. <laughs> Oh man, what a journey. <laughs> Hockey is so special in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Special. Uh-huh. All right. Last game, and then I think we should call it a podcast. Um <laughs> it's going to be a not safe for work game. So parents hide your kids and hide your Uh-oh. wife. I stole this idea from Kelly Hinkle, who is one of the hosts for, or the host, I don't know if she's one of them. Anyway, she's on Broad Street, um, Broad Street Radio, which is the Flyers radio blog podcast thingy. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> All right. Last warning, not safe for work. This does involve <laughs> cursing and... Uh, ex- so I've been drinking before this. <laughs> It's fuck, Mary kill. All right, all right, all right. I can go with you on this journey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm going with the the pretty boys in the league. Um, Oh, man. 
I, and I ask this because I know that you are into dudes uh, on occasion. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> it's Roman Yossi, Seth Jones, and Henrik Lundqvist. Now let's go with someone younger. Oh. Who else is pretty? Oh, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is basically my age, so. <laughs> uh, I'm old. <laughs> I think Roman Yossi's also like in his 30s, isn't he? I think so, like, or like early 30s, maybe. He is 29. Close enough. All right. Well, Henrik Lundqvist is, let's see, he is 38. Yeah. I think he's only a couple months older than me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, you know, like, keep it around the same age group but why not let's go with Henry Lundquist he's always this is like what this is like when I learned that like uh everyone was talking about Ilya Kovalchuk like he was a corpse and then I looked it up and I'm older than him and I was like I'm going to go walk into the lake (laughs) (laughs) you are not older than Ilya Kovalchuk isn't he like I'm absolutely older than Ilya Kovalchuk no he's like 30 he's 37 yeah just yeah, I mean, seven. like, to be fair, I was born in February, he was born in April, so it's not a significant age gap, but I'm still technically older than Ilya Kovalchuk, who everyone talked about like he was a dead man. Like, <laughs> so that's where I'm coming from here. <laughs> All right, I'm Googling this. Yarmar like, Yager being, like, Yager being out of the league is like the most tragic thing because i'm getting to the point in my life where like (laughs) the number of like active hockey players older than me is like one and i think it's patrick two it's like patrick marlowe and joe thornton and i can't think of anyone else (laughs) oh okay i know i'm gonna go with um our favorite fuck boy tyler sagan (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so your option right, so what, what are <laughs> fuck mary kill <laughs> roman yossi <laughs> and seth jones um many apologies to tyler sagan but he's the kill okay. um fuck roman yossi marry seth jones he seems like a nice boy <laughs> <laughs> i like that <laughs> Oh boy, uh, yeah, Tyler Sagan because he's a fuck boy. He's got to go. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to look at, but I, I he's uh, no, he's we would not be compatible in many ways. I don't think. <laughs> to me, well, to me anyway, Tyler Sagan <laughs> is too much of the white boy who tries too hard. You know, with all the tattoos yeah, yeah. and everything, I'm like. All right, badass, whatever, bro. You're a multi-millionaire. <laughs> like, you need to chill. He's like those rich kids on Instagram that everybody hates. Or oh, absolutely, hate. yeah. He like, would absolutely be like an influencer if he. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I guess I'm just gonna have to copy your answers then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Roman Yossi also kind of seems like he's got fuckboy vibes. <laughs> yeah, but like, in a more chill way, like, keeps it under wraps better, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's more low-key. Also, he, well, well, Sagan has cute dogs, too. Roman Yossi has a cute dog. I wonder if that's, that's always an important uh, criteria for me, is do you have a cute dog? <laughs> 
bring it bringing it back to like full circle to the top of our show do you have a cute dog do you have a cute dog that is my criteria if i want to date you or sleep with you i guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right i like it uh sarah there's, there's actually a whole bunch of like i was googling while we were Sorry. talking because i wanted to see who else what other hockey players were older than me um and i, I forgot about sedano chara He's actually the oldest in the league. He's 43. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, Ryan Miller, Ron Hainsey. I forgot about him. I forgot he existed. And okay. it's only showing me the top five. But there are at least other people other than Thornton and Marlowe who are older than me. And so I feel slightly better. <laughs> okay. Oldest NHL player is Zdeno Chara. Well, really, it's not. It shouldn't be Zdeno. It should be Zdeno. Yeah. To my Czech friend. Well. But I, I pronounce it the the worst way i pronounce it like a horrible <laughs> person who doesn't know how to speak czech or slovakian rather oh 10 oldest active nhl players i'm googling this now do 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 let's see jason spezza oh that's that right he exists he's only 37 what the heck he's one of, <laughs> he's one of the top 10 oldest in the league and he's 37 Right, this league is a scam. I hate sports. It is. Ilya Kovalchuk, also 37. Miko Koivu, also 37. Oh, that's right. And he's probably retiring, I think. Andy Green, <laughs> he's 38. Well, he's 37. Is he still in the league? Yes, he, he still, still exists. Holy crap. <laughs> no, it's crazy. So he's, he's 37 because his birthday is in October. Um, let's see. Henrik Lundqvist, who is 38, just turned 38 in March. Justin Williams? He's 38. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I oh, forgot. He's one of the only age-appropriate players <laughs> left in the league for me. <laughs> I'm happily married, Justin, but I love you. <laughs> well, well, here's your list of non-eligible bachelors. Right. I'm like, like they're they're all like 22. I'm like, I I have like literally things in this house that are older than them. Like, I just found a plate that I made in like, literally like I signed it because that's the kind of nerd I was. It was like you you made a drawing and then like you sent it off to a place and they turned it into like a, a dinner plate for you. And I made it in 1988, and that is older than like, <laughs> for like. <laughs> so many people i have dinnerware older than some of these guys oh my god Sarah, you're not that old stop saying that hockey has ruined all of us for like to be honest with you all right rounding out the top five are ron hainsey also he just turned 39 march 24 patrick marlowe who is Let's see, 40. I'm trying to do math here. His birthday's in September. <laughs> uh, Joe Thornton, also 40. He will soon to be 40, soon to be. He, he will soon be 41, <laughs> July. And then Chara, he is 30, 30. He is 43. He just turned 40. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Bar. He's just going to play forever like he's and then when he's done he's gonna go like be a real estate agent or whatever like <laughs> <laughs> he's 
speaks like six languages too. Yeah. Yeah. What is it with these overachieving Europeans? I, I, I'm like, I'm, he, he just, just seems like such an interesting guy, but also so big and so scary. <laughs> He's the gentle giant. Did, did you see <laughs> that picture that went viral after the, uh, the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup in 2013 to the Chicago Blackhawks? Um, it was the saddest picture ever. <laughs> it was this almost seven foot tall man just folded up into this tiny little children's thing at like a playground so and had, like, this thousand yard stare. Oh no. Don't make it me feel was, bad for <laughs> It was like the saddest picture ever. I was like, oh no. I don't know. <laughs> for Chara and, and Bergeron, but mostly Chara. Bergeron's too perfect. I bet he also can sell you real estate. Although, to be fair, yeah. if Bergeron tried to sell me a house, I'd probably buy it. Doesn't matter if it's over, but. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I, I would absolutely let myself get talked into that. <laughs> Do you see this lovely room and all its great? I'm, I'd make a wonderful real estate agent, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a million dollars. Million dollars, great. Where do I sign? Can you afford a million? Whatever. Heck no. Yeah, irrelevant. <laughs> no, no but a, you're trying to sell me a house for future. Dollars, so. Clearly, if you, Patrice Bergeron, thinks I should buy this house, then I should buy this. Yeah. House. Obviously. Uh, what a world. Now I'm imagining a world <laughs> with hockey players as real estate agents. I'm, hey, Eddie lacks a real estate agent now. That's true. That is true. <laughs> he's, where's he? He's like Arizona or something, isn't he? Yeah, Arizona. Yep. Yeah, because he had family and friends or somebody that had like a whole, he had roots in Arizona, we'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you live in Arizona, go buy a... Go buy a house from Eddie Lack. The the charming accent with his little half broken English yeah. Swedish stutter accent. He's charming though. He's very he seems like yeah. a nice dude. All right, nice young man. Go buy a house from him. <laughs> Give him some commission, please. <laughs> he needs the help. Well, I don't know if he needs the help, but real estate <laughs> agents always need the help. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to do this again soon. Uh, thanks for talking to me during quarantine. And I hope Gladly. you <laughs> have a new podcast or another podcast, hopefully with Sarah, if she's not too busy, uh, up again in another week or so. But we shall see. I mean, it's quarantine. I'm not I doing mean, anything. I'm honestly not that busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here with a dog and some nachos and that's uh that's about my life right now all right well thanks for joining me tonight sarah you have a great one <laughs> <laughs>